From the Duck South Studios in Oxford, Mississippi. We're mass communicating. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for them. This is the End of the Line Podcast, powered by DuckSouth.com. I give it a, uh, a 10. A 10. Sweep the leg. You have a problem with that. And now, here's your host, Rocky LaFleur. I bet you slice into the woods a hundred bucks. Gambling is illegal at Bushwood, sir, and I never slice. Also starring Josh Webb, Jake LaTondras, Rob Kroon, David Ellis, and Ramsey Russell. Showtime. All right, here we go. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. Showtime, everybody! Showtime! Welcome to the End of the Line podcast. I'm Rocky LaFleur in the Ducks House Studios in Oxford, Mississippi. Joining me on the other end of the line, our Macaulay, Ramsey Russell. Ira, hey tell guys, the truth. How y'all doing? Did you, did you Good, think man. we were going to get Ramsey on a podcast today? I thought Ramsey's tongue might be a little swelled up in his head, but apparently he's up and at him and ready to go. He's used no, to man. We had, we had a great uh, Ducks Unlimited banquet last night. I drank two or three beers, but nothing nothing heavy. You know, I, had, I just had fun visiting. Ira and I started texting, I'm not going to say early this morning, but 8, 8.30 or 9 o'clock, and Ramsey's been on the phone the whole time. like, hey, oh. I can record this morning. And Ramsey finally replied back to us, kind of the backstory to that, and here we are recording. Man, it's just, it's just, you know, you get back to the real world, and and the phones ringing. Now I'll tell you all this: I got in Wednesday morning at about five thirty a.m. Drove like a heathen, came in on fumes, and uh, went to bed and slept about three hours. And when the phone started ringing, I, woke, I answered it, and I swear it wasn't until. My wife walked into the room with a cup of coffee that I realized I was at home and not even at a hotel no more. I mean, it was just weird. It was like, I don't know, it was, it was like an optical illusion. It's just like, and, and then yesterday morning, I woke up feeling like I was in a hotel or something. That's crazy, isn't it? But I'm finally getting caught up and settled into things. There was a point in time where I thought maybe I'd want to be a, a booking agent, but... uh Dude, it's, uh, I've changed my mind. Maybe like a booking agent, uh, very part-time assistant or something like that. But damn sure, yeah. not a booking agent. No, I'm telling you, man. It's just, it's, you know, I, somebody asked me one time. A uh, young man asked me one time how he got into this bid. You know, I, I want to do what you do. How do you, how do I do? I'm like, son, go to med school. Go go into finance. Go into something and make a lot of money and call me. And then you know, yeah. make make the money and do whatever you want to do without having to do all this other mess. But uh. But anyway, you know, it's kind of funny that you, 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 y'all two bring up that topic. I want to ask you something. I was on a podcast yesterday outside of the end of the line. I was um, asked to be a guest on the foul front and uh, with Ben Page. Great podcast. But the topic of, of where the hunting industry is headed overall right Uh-oh. now. And in in the sense of what I mean by that is, and I actually used y'all as an example in that podcast. I actually used, I actually talked about y'all in in the sense of hard work, the sense of um, in service to one another. You know we, the. the the concept of today in in the generation that's below us to me it, it's i see so many people and maybe it's because social media has led into it these days because it it's all about me don't care who I step on i want to climb the ladder but then when they get there it, let me just let's just say this Let's just say I want to be a cameraman for uh, a Yeti. Let's just just totally throw that out there. I have no reason for saying that, but that's just a company I'm going to say, okay? You know, 
my, my whole goal in life is to be a photographer and videographer for say Yeti short films and some of their photography, you know, you fight your way to get there. You sell your soul and all you get to is a $50,000 a year salary job in the, the claim that hey, I, I work for Yeti. Do you, do you get what I'm talking about? Do you understand what I'm talking about? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but maybe hey, it's the, maybe it's worth more to them than the money. You know, maybe it's a an identifier that gives them gratification or rewards beyond just having you know a job video or taking pictures of some model or a building or pushing it. I agree. You know, and I I think as as important as it is to make a living. You've also got to make a life, and I think I think a lot of people today value. You know, when I look at the world's greatest generation, your granddaddy and your daddy in that era right there, you know, it, it's a lot more. They, they made a living, and and they made a living to the point that maybe that they did so without having a life outside of just working a lot. And, and there are a lot of people that do that today anyway. But you know, it, it's real important to me to have a life. And, and I think it's important yeah. to a lot of people to have a life. And you know, and they're, they're, you know, if, if that's your idea of living, you're making a living. But if that's your idea of a life, you know, and it, it could be a lot of different ways. It could be playing golf. It could be playing, you know, duck hunting. It could be doing something else. Be it being affiliated with it. But, but you know, I, I think it's important. And you know, and, and with what I do and what I like about what I do, certainly, I, I think I could put a skill set to greater use to make more money. But I've created it, you know, a heck of a life, you know, yeah. in, in terms of it fits, it fits me. And I think that's important. And I think the other thing that's important when, when you're when you're talking about that situation is the way that you described it, Rocky. I respect that guy because that guy or that person, you know, put their blood, sweat and tears into it and earned it. Right. There's right. People that I don't really respect so much. And there's a lot of them in our younger generation now. Or the people like like some of my employees that have come to me and said, you know, I want what the veterinarians here have. I want a new car, I want a house, I don't want any debt, I want to be able to take vacations, whether it's a young veterinarian or a receptionist or whoever. And I'm like, well, heck, you know, how old are you? And they're like, I'm 24. I'm like, you know what I was doing when I was 24? I didn't have a damn thing. I was living in a little 800 square foot house yeah. that burned diesel fuels and every morning i wake up and the walls would be blacker than they were yesterday and uh yep. so i think you know there's a there's a big difference um you know the people that are looking for the shortcut and the handout you know those people are going to have a rough path ahead of them and the people that that are doing their due diligence whether you know it's taking a picture or writing an article or you know representing whoever uh, as long as they're working hard to get it and building building their characters and good for them. But Rocky, is that what yeah. you're really asking is about being a cameraman? What, no, 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 and at the end of the day, is it is it really and truly about you? We have a generation coming up under us that are running companies that I think that they're going to hit a wall. I, I, I really do because so much of it is about them and not, let's just say, I go to work at Iris Vet Clinic. My job at Iris Vet Clinic is to make that clinic money. It's not about me. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm there to make his business better. I'm here to help my wife's vet clinic make money. And I see where Iris coming from because I ran into that yesterday. The, the, the ladies that work for us have been coming up and letting dogs as boarding. You know, they want to keep all the money. Well, you know what? We have to pay rent. We have to pay that air conditioning bill that kept those dogs cool. I see where you're coming from on that. But I'm just saying that there are walls 
that I think some companies are going to run into because of you have people running them that they're feeding an ego. Do you do you get what I'm trying to get at? I, listen, I know I chase a rabbit yeah. to try to explain something, but the old school way of thinking and running a business, we're losing it quickly. But the ones that do have a long stay. So you, I don't want to get too far ahead of the deal, but you know what the hardest thing for me about selling Momarsh was? It was that all of a sudden there were big, big expenses and bills that had to be paid. And however you, however you cut it, and this isn't a, a diss on anyone, it's just the truth. Um, like when I had it, I didn't need the money from it, right? So, I mean, I, my the most important thing to me was taking care of the customer and building our community and taking care of the people that took care of us and trying to increase everybody's experience in the field. Um, but then, you know, when when money became a, a bigger component and, and I wasn't in charge of the day-to-day -day decisions, I had no idea. I did not see this coming at all. But it really was very difficult for me to uh, accept that and and accept that change and roll with the punches. I mean, it took me a good – it probably took me a year to get comfortable or as comfortable as I can be right now um, with the fact that it was going to start operating really – as a business first and foremost and and as a uh something that was my vision of what was important to me being first and foremost. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. I think that's part of the reason that we were, you know, successful and, and you know, had it is great reviews and all that stuff. I mean you look at Ramsey's business and you know, you look at the reviews and all that stuff and I mean, he's taking care of those people. He's putting the he's putting the consumer first, and and he's knowledgeable and all that stuff. And man, it's just it's just very important for long term health, in my opinion. What but, but what I'm I guess what I'm asking is, you have a engine that are that is driving a lot of people, and some of these people in charge. Is it about making the company better, or is it about feeding their own ego? I've, I've seen, I've seen, uh, I've seen kind of what you're talking about. I mean, I've seen that. I, I you know, but 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 it's not about the outdoor industry, Rocky. It's about people or people. It's everything. It's I, in I, everything. I've seen it everywhere. The, the 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 people are people. And, uh, and and so I don't think what you may be alluding to is not as specific to the outdoor industry. No. When, yeah, when no, I hear no. when I hear you say no. when I hear you say, "Where's the future of hunting, or where where is hunting going?" Um, I, I hear I got a different take on that. That um, I've I've got a take on that, and I'll, I'll share this with you, even though it's our story. Sorry, but uh, but you know it's 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 um. Uh, I set off years ago to, to do something, and I got led down this accidental path of, of uh, outdoor travel and service. And and I, I'm in one hand, um, maybe ten years ago or fifteen years ago, I would have envisioned um, being where I'm at, and feeling differently or acting differently than I do right now. And 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 now it hadn't really changed. But, on, but now when I look back, I'm, I have made a living. I have built a, a, a good brand and a nice life, you know, in terms of a life, just a comfortable, uh, happy place that, that I like doing what I'm doing. And uh, But I was telling somebody this the other day that even though I still feel like, you know, there's never a summit, whether you're building a, a product business or you're building a service industry or you're just living life. Or being a parent, I mean, you can take it to any anything you want to take it to. There's really never an end. There's never a summit. You know, it's like you get to the top and you say, "Oh, well, this isn't the summit. There's further to go." 
as long as you're enjoying the hike, man, just keep on trudging. And I'm, I'm enjoying, you know, where this, 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 this journey has taken me. But, but I've gotten to a point, or maybe I've gotten to a, 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 a part, a, 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 an age or a frame of mind because of age and, and, and where I've been and where I feel like I might be to, to where now I, I feel like I've got just a little luxury to think about other things. And, and, you know, I, I think, I think that, um, uh, I think in terms of, of what, what greater good can be done, you know, I, I'll say it again. I, I don't want to die tomorrow. Here lies Ramsey Russell, a, a bunch of dead ducks. I, I think it's a greater good than that. Yeah, I love to shoot ducks. I love to hunt, but but there's other there's other there's other obligations that we as hunters have. And, and so when I ask the question, where is the hunting industry or where is hunting going? It it, it kind of strikes a chord to me um, that that it could be it could be done differently. It could be done better. And and so you know I, I think I think I think I think uh, I think there is a when I look back at how hunting perceived uh, in the good old days with with previous generations versus the story of hunting being written today it's it's very very different to me and it's almost disturbing. It is. That, that's, I agree. That, that's where that's where I think I, I see a lot of take and not a lot of give. You know what I'm saying? I see, I see, uh, I see it being driven by algorithms instead of by just respect for 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 others. You know, and I've always perceived that that a lack of respect for others, in this case, hunters, is a lack of respect for oneself. I see, I see a, a big lack of respect for the resource and for and for what goes into. Uh, conserving and perpetuating that resource, I see. I see a, a big disconnect in the tradition of hunting, the honor of hunting, the res the respect for that tradition in hunting. I see. I see a real big disconnect in that. I, I see. Uh, you know, I see that that what is conservation? You know, and what is the cost of conservation? Because I believe that that we call ourselves in a day and age that I feel that hunting is literally hanging by a thread, even right here in America. I think that the future of hunting is hanging by a thread. I think we're very vulnerable for a lot of different reasons. You know, I, I don't see I don't see much give. I, I don't feel like we hunter quote conservationists, hunter conservationists can call ourselves hunter conservationists by throwing by throw by buying a mandated federal stamp and, and, and throwing a hundred dollars at raffle girl tickets to buy raffle girl tickets and say, Oh, I'm a conservationist. I think that's the same as throwing five or ten bucks in the offering plate and saying I'm a Christian. I, I think it's gotta be more than that. And I think that, you know, on the one hand, hunting is only going to continue to exist for as long as there is political relevance, which is to say money. And hunting represents, say, a fifty billion dollar industry. There's excise taxes and stuff like that. But how many companies are literally, I don't mean leveraging or advertising dollars to be the decoy of the year or the camo of the year or the gun of the year or something like that, and, and you know, breaking even plus, writing off the difference plus, getting a bunch of advertising dollars, but how many companies are really digging elbow deep into their pocket and physically giving into a, a pro-hunting agenda or a pro-conservation agenda? And 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 I and I don't see much going on with the narrative on in social media. That algorithm. It's all about that algorithm to sell product. And so that that's 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 where I kind of sort of see a lot of hunting right now today that, that has me concerned. You know what I'm saying? I, I'd like to see. Uh, I wonder if there's more to it than that. You have so many people. That want to be the next Ira McCauley, Ramsey Russell, but they don't understand how tough it is. The the it is it it is hard hard to do what y'all have done. Y'all deserve a, a round of applause for what you've done. 
But at the end of the day, it really. Sorry about that. I'm not my headphones off. Let's take Ira. Let's let's go back to the beginning of the story, Ira. You wanted to make a good product that wasn't that that helped hunters that wasn't expensive. Am I right about that? Yes. Yeah. It, 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 the, it, it, the, it, you know, a lot of people could utilize. A lot of people, right? You're a high, you know, college kid, high school kid, millionaire, whatever. At the end of the day, yeah, you you were gonna financially it it, it drove you. You, you. There was some drive to make money, but it that's what I'm saying. The difference in the drive today. Do you, you understand yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, and I think I think you know, like to me when I think about the industry. So I'll break it down. So we've got the industry as a whole. I think it's way different than it was, let's even just say, 10 years ago. So we still got the owners of companies, right? So you're either a good guy, an asshole, uh, whatever. But but the people that aren't good people people, they're going to self-destruct, right? I mean, we see it all the time. I was talking to somebody that the three of us all know very, very well last night, and we were talking about that very thing that's going on right term. now in our hunting community. And and you can look at what's happened over the last 10 years, and it tells the whole story there. Um, and and you, you can predict the future, and that's based on what the owners do, the decisions they make, the way they act, the way that they end up positioning themselves in the community based on what they do and how they act. So I'll just leave that at that. So you got your owners that kind of set the tone of of the environment and all that. And then you've got the staff and the way that they interact with the owners, you know, that determines, okay, what's your mission statement going to be? Um, what's your customer service level going to be? Um, how important are all those things that basically connect you to your consumer, right? Uh, on a broad basis and then on a case-by-case basis. So you got that component of it, which is building a culture that also is going to have an effect mm-hmm. on like, hey, man, are you successful? Uh, do people like you? Do you have five stars? Do you have three stars? Do you have people that are talking good about you? All those things, right? So that's coming out of that culture that's created by the owners and their staff. But then the big difference between now and what we had <clears throat> whenever, 10 years ago, is that now the community aspect is so important and it wasn't there before. Like you were pushing everything out. But now it's so interactive and, you know, let pick any company that's doing much. Um, you know, let's just say Thicket. You got the Thicket Fanatics. You've got, you know, pick Southern Oak Kennels. You've got the whatever they call their community, you know, and, and just any brand that's kind of really – trying to focus on what's going well heck pick boss um you know you've got yeah. these you've got these sub you've got these sub pages and fan bases and all you've got that way of, of directly interacting with your community and if you make the consumer part of your team dude that is so powerful and that's something that has definitely changed in our world if we're just talking about industry we're not talking about where's hunting going all that stuff. We're just talking about the industry. I feel like that is a breakdown um, of a big way that a lot of people are communicating to the masses and getting them involved in what that business is doing. And I think it's super powerful. Um, And then you've got all the other things that are not necessarily in anyone's control, like like tariffs and direct consumer models and Bass Pro purchasing Cabela's and, and smaller dealers and, and all those other things that are important. I mean, when you're on the on the side of making stuff and selling stuff and watching those pennies and all that stuff, you know, those are a lot of things that are very important. I mean, where are we going to source it? How can we source it? What are all the costs? Um, who's Who's just trying to, you know, who's being a total pain in the ass and trying to kill us and who's a easy retailer to deal with? You know, who can you have a good relationship with and all that stuff, you know, those are things that nobody really talks about because 
they only matter to the business owners for the most part. Um, but they all do have an effect on where our industry is going. I mean, the tariffs, you know, I mean, is your stuff going to get made in Indonesia or China or America or Mexico? And what's the cost going to be? Because the bottom line is we're living in the real United States of America, not the imaginary Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren uh, world <laughs> yeah. America where, where, where a dollar doesn't really mean anything. I mean, if you're, if you're making something and it costs you a dollar more to make it here than it did in China, well, that rolls over to $5 by the time all the hands touch it and everybody does their deal and everybody gets their piece of the pie and taxes and all that. So when you're the consumer, I mean, it's easy to say, I want to buy something that's made in America, but, uh, the bottom line is, and I'm 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 the same way as everybody else. I, I want a good value, and so if something costs five dollars more, am I getting six dollars more value out of it or not? And most of the time, the answer mm-hmm. would be no. Well, that's so, a dang good point. Talk's cheap. Talk's cheap, and it's easy to say a lot of that stuff. But when you're the person that's ultimately responsible for managing all that stuff. What is going to drive your decisions is what does the consumer want and how is this whole deal really going to work? I want to take it down to an individual level. Let's take it to an individual level. I see it every day being the admin of Duck South. I want to ask you about this. Sorry that we're taking a little bit longer and we're away from your story, but do you think that as individual duck hunters – Sometimes, um, I see it all the time with new duck hunters coming on and asking questions. There's this kind of elitist attitude that's kind of portrayed in duck hunting. The, uh, you guys wouldn't be where you are today if you, if you projected that image out. If you weren't willing to help the consumer or help answer questions to people that that buy things from you. Do you think the elitist attitude is more in duck hunting than it is in other sports, turkey hunting, deer hunting, elk hunting? I don't think it is. I really don't either. I mean, I I think that there's some uh, assignment of that to people. Um, But I don't know. I mean, I see I see a lot of those people and, and end up spending time with them, whether it's at a show or uh, at Habitat Flats or whatever. And ultimately, I mean, I, I'm just thinking of some people that I've gotten to know recently that I had a preconceived notion about thinking, man, this guy comes across an egotistical whatever. And you meet the person, it's like, well, hell, that guy's a cool dude. We ought to go hunt yeah. sometime. So, I mean, I, I think that I think that when you're under the microscope and, you know, people are looking at stuff and, you know, none of us always portray the image that we necessarily are. Um, but I think, you know, I think there's some people that just want to, you know, break people down and, and whatever. But I think I think in our community, um, you know, and I think of the people that people are saying are egotistical, they're really just regular old guys because I know them past just the surface you know what i mean they could be and you know i think in this digital world too rocky um how many times have you sent a text because or an email you know that's really a terrible way to communicate it's simple it's easy but but you you don't have a lot of human component to that even in social media you might say something and it'd be be misconstrued and so you know people People, people are a lot different than they they may communicate digitally. Yeah, Any that, of that's for sure. I had that issue last week. I had a guy ask me why I was talking bad about him. I'm like, I don't even know who you are. And uh, anyway, it ended up being just that. I mean, it was a simple miscommunication, you know. And but I, I go back to what I said earlier. I think if you it, really, if you have a an ego, and uh, it's what's driving you to to make the decisions you are, you're going to pay for that. You're going to be a short-term, short-term fixture in our community. So I there's think no, that has a way no to take care of itself. You know the name of this the name of this podcast series with Ira is Innovation and the Innovator, and you did Ira in a lot of different ways as <clears throat> a part of your story. But that that really is 
you know, innovation is so genuine and so pure. You, you see something, you come up with an idea, you take it to the market, you, you, you communicate it and, and deliver it in a very authentic manner. And, and society benefits, the hunters benefit. You see what I'm saying? Innovation is what made America great to start with. And, and that, that to me, uh, if, if I kind of gather where you're, where you're asking about, you know, in a lot of different ways where hunting may be, maybe may, there could be some dis in, 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 there may be some non-authenticity out there, but that may be more of a human condition than a hunting condition or a hunting industry condition. I agree. I think, you know, and I, and I think, I think that separates the winners from the second placers. Mm-hmm. Here, here's how the, this all came about. I was talking to Ramsey on his way home the other day, and you know, Ramsey was thinking back to his granddad and thinking about what hunting was to his granddad. And I, and I was thinking about as he was talking about this, I was thinking about those black and white pictures of my granddaddy duck hunting. Man, it was just a, it was a group of guys. Good gosh, man, they didn't even wear camouflage. My grandfather, he wore a white shirt every day, which I carry on that tradition. Mm-hmm. And, you know, his his hip boots on, he, I, I, you know, in some of the pictures, I think he had a, a tie on and a top hat. He's got a stringer full of ducks around his neck. Is the end of the, are we, like you said, Ramsey, a few minutes ago, are we carrying on that tradition? That you know they that that gentleman's attitude or gentleman's way of doing it today compared to back then. I just don't know. You know, I I, I think back more and more with the with the story that's being told in hunting. You know, and and numbers are important. We're not out there to watch the sunrise. We're out there to shoot ducks and you have limits and we go off on a different subject there. But you know, when I think back to the stories my grandfather and my uncle told about my grandfather back in those days that of that quote, that golden age, um, back in the good old days, you know, they never mentioned numbers. Num- numbers were just not part of their story. I know, I know you see these old black and white pictures of them holding up, you know, a, a Chevrolet car, truck, slap full of ducks. I get it, but but that wasn't a predominating factor. You know, they're, they're, they weren't they weren't out there hunting just to sell product. They weren't out there hunting to to um, to do anything but just be among themselves. I mean, their sense of identity, their sense of identity, and I think I could talk to the three of us on this line right here. You know, our, my sense of identity is not in numbers of ducks killed. I know, I know, having known y'all, that y'all could say the same thing. That, you know, my granddad or my uncle or my dad, you know, their sense of identity was was their identity as a parent, their identity as a a, a community participant, or as a as a as a as a worker, as an employee, or you know, what I'm saying, I mean, that was their sense of identity wasn't duck hunting. It wasn't their, it wasn't their livelihood. It wasn't their life. It wasn't their lifestyle. It wasn't their obsession. It wasn't their passion. It's just what they did. That gone by day, the people of those gone by days, they went out there to duck hunt because they loved it. And because they loved, they loved being among the duck hunters in their circle. And, um, and, and it's now, it's almost like these piles and these stringers and, the, and the, these numbers are, are almost like a pawn to, for a different agenda than that. That's, that's, that's what I was trying to relate to you. Is, and, and, and I'm I'm seeing, or I think I see, almost a renaissance coming. I, I see that I, I'm really starting to see and hear through different channels in industry and, and through people, you know, maybe kind of a throwback. And it, it's almost like I see just through a lot of the questions and a lot of the uh, social media engagement, um, I mentioned boss shot shells. You know, look at the engagement. Look at the level of questioning. What is it about that brand that is attracting that, to me, unprecedented level of engagement? I could have known before they ever got started. 
It's not a shotgun Last year shell. when I was with Lee. I mean, he's a damn genius yeah. when it comes to that stuff. Best he in the business, you know. He is, but but look at what look at what I mean. I, I, I see I see what I've been seeing. I see all these I see all the, the these people flocking to this brand <clears throat> that harkens a different way of thinking about hunting. You don't need a three and a half inch shell to shoot a duck flying as high as Sputnik orbits. It's all about getting them in the wheelhouse. You know, a two and three quarter right. inch shell like like we shot back in the sixties and seventies that 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 is more effective than the latest greatest G whiz shell. And, and and I mean it, it's just that concept. And, I, and I'm thinking, man, you know, as that applies to you know, really and truly, we don't need a bunch of we don't need we don't need a, a, a to pull a fifth wheel trailer slap full of gimmicks to go out there and shoot a duck that's got a got a brain the size of an English pea. It, it, it's all about the fundamentals, and, and it's all yeah, you know. It, it, it really is. You don't you don't need a you don't need any particular brand of camo. You don't need any any particular specific flavor of anything. You, you just need the hardball basics of a gun, a dog, a call, some decoys. And and and, a, and enough know-how to start getting out there and, and hiding and decoying birds and enjoying it. You know, if you want to shoot, if you want to fill up a, a, a boatload of ducks, let's go to a country they allow you to. But here on the best of days, you shoot six, which is plenty for North America. And, and on and on on the on the days that aren't the best, you may not shoot six. What are you going to do? Not go? No, you're going to go. I'm you going know, every day. You know why? Every day. Every day is different, man. I mean, you can look at our stuff, and so, like, if, if I just absolutely shot them up today, big movement day, it was really good. Chance are tomorrow's not going to be very good. I mean, you, you can just look at our records, and it shows that over and over and over again. And and sometimes you're surprised, and two days in a row are great. Um, but I go every day with a smile on my face, and even if I get zero, <clears throat> hey, that's all right. I mean, I just didn't fly that day or whatever. That's I mean, right. not like – I'm going to blame it on somebody. I'm not going to blame someone else because the ducks didn't fly. It just is what it is. I mean, those those days happen, and it's going to be about 10 to 15% of the days of the year the ducks are not going to move. They're tired, pressure's wrong, clear skies, full moon, and it just ain't going to happen. You can try to blame someone for it, but it just is what it is. If, you, if you've done it enough, you just accept it for what it is. Um and I think the other thing we got to accept, except for what it is, to some degree, is just the fact that we don't live in our granddad's world, man. That was a much smaller world then. I mean, you know, the world that we live in now is huge, right? That's you've right. Got your phone, you've got the TV, you've got world news, you've got any different perspective on politics you could ever want in the world. You. You want to know what a doodad's called? You hop on Google and you search doodad, and there's eight bajillion of them there. Um, those guys would, you know. And if you want to do that, you put you put you push one click. That's all, and it's at your doorstep the next day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. And so, you know, I mean, the world they lived in, I can imagine it because Sumner, you know, if you threw your phone away and you went to Sumner and you decided that all you were going to have was a two-wheel drive Fiat. Um, Man, you could be closer to their world. I mean, they'd get up, and, and their world was more what's right in front of my on these four walls. Um, wonder what's going on with the creek today. Wonder, you know, wonder if it's going to rain. They didn't pull up a 10-day forecast every hour to see what, you know, what they were, how much rain they were calling for next Tuesday. Um, they, they went and observed what was happening around them. And so they were probably way more in tune with the microenvironment they lived in than we are. I mean, we have all this other stuff going on, and and I'm not saying it's all bad or it's all good. It just is what it is, and it's a different world anyway. You slice it, and uh, you know, I think that's just we just gotta we just gotta roll with those punches and uh, hopefully, you know, pass on the things that we feel like are important, and then it'll be up to the next generation to figure it out from there. So does, it, does all that answer your question, Rocky? Is that where you were trying to go? Yeah, it does. Uh, it, 
I think that it's I think that it's social media driven. It doesn't matter if you're talking politics, hunting, whatever you want to talk about in in social media. There, there's always going to be the the cutters. They 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 run through and they they cut you and they're gone. You, does that make sense? That they're, it, they're not it does. There. I mean, I already nailed it. You know, I mean, truthfully, I don't want to live back in my granddad's day when you know, cold, you know, wasn't really a, you didn't really have an option. You know what I'm saying? Those old guys wore just World War II hand-me-downs, and, and they didn't know, they couldn't sit there and look at the radar and say, well, let's wait five minutes before we get out on the river. We've got this big thunderstorm squall coming across from Louisiana. I mean, we, you know, they just went out there and, and suffered through it, but I think there's a lot of advantages, and I think there's a lot of greatness, you know, come through through technological advancements and living now, not then, in a bigger world, not a smaller world. But it doesn't mean that that you have to let it all go. I mean, technological advances and everything else are great, but at the same time, you know, get back on track of what you asked about industry. It doesn't mean that that you can't be loyal to your to your customers. You know, brand brand to me doesn't mean a pattern or a, or an object it means a promise to the consumer an authenticity you know a, a, that that authentic relationship with that consumer a genuine relationship and an honest relationship that's what it means to me that's how i've tried to run my business that's how i perceive ira is having run his own business enterprises you know what i'm saying so yeah for sure hey, but the thing that i don't get is people and maybe this is the outlet for bitching and complaining about the younger generation of hunting hunters, but it, people sit around all day complaining and bitching and moaning about younger hunters and but but they never a lot of people never really sit sit back and answer questions or help It's easier to just complain about it. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's a it's a real different time, you know, because uh, <clears throat> there's a lot of there seems to be a lot of effort underfoot to recruit hunters into the fold. I know Delta Waterfowl, Ducks Unlimited, both have uh, programs now to educate and recruit youth and future policymakers into the fold. I, I get that, but at the same time, there, there's a lot of people because it's a, a much, much, much smaller world. Or bigger world, depending on how you look at it, you know, more people on on the same amount of ground. Uh, there's a lot of people that 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 don't want new hunters into the fold, and and I think that's a very dangerous slope we go down. I, I think oh, I think that as a, a, as a hunter yeah. today, I think that as a hunter, whether, whether I'm speaking individual or I'm thinking industry representative or anybody else, I think we're obligated. I think we're obligated to take these young people under our wing. I don't think you can just explain, you know. I don't think you can just just expect these young whippersnappers to think and act like we think they should act if we don't take any time to bring them along and mentor them or whatever else. I think it goes right back to the very first thing that we talked about in this podcast today, which is that I respect the people, the young people, and heck, the people our age, anyone that that is going to try to do things right way and not try to take shortcut and not going to have their hand out and uh and and so i'm i'm applying that now to what in my mind is uh is where we're going and um so like you know i see kids my son's age um that man they they want to know the whole deal they want to put in the work they're not scared to go out there and get their get their feet dirty and get their hands dirty and get muddy and spend the day doing it so that they can try to get a little bit of reward on the backside. I, I respect those guys and they're out there. Um, and then on, on the flip side, and it's probably always kind of been this way, but I think there's more people trying to take shortcuts now. Um, you know, the guys that are the bitchers are the ones that, want the end result but don't necessarily want to do put in the ass time to make it happen mm -hmm. so if all you care about is that pile and all you care about is that picture because you want to put it up on social media 
and it gives you that that adrenaline rush or, or endorphin rush or whatever. If if you're trying to make the ends justify the means instead of the means being the way you get to the end, it's the same old thing. You're not going to have any uh, self satisfaction. Um, it's a short term deal, just like the ego deal, man. If you want, if you want to be egotistical or you want to look for a shortcut because you feel like the ends is all that matters, man, you're going to fizzle out. You're not going to be a long-term fixture in our community and you might as well do it quicker rather than slower because uh, we really don't need those kind of people, you know? That's right. I agree entirely with what you just said. That's exactly right. Boy, I'm going to pull a quote out of that and I'm going to put it in the opening of this podcast. No lie. Holy moly, that was good. Yeah, that I mean, was true, really you know. good, Ira. I mean, we all post pictures, post hunt pictures, right? We all want, we all want to show the the results of our experience from that day. And just you know, that's just part of what you do. But but you know, when I go back and think about a hunt, I mean, I'm thinking about what happened and what the dog do and what was the weather like and what so-and-so do or what we laugh about or whatever. Now that picture at the end of the hunt with all of sitting with the ducks on the log, that may help to bring those memories back, but it's not like I look at it and go, man, I really feel good about that picture. I bet it got 700 views, man. I, I mean, that really means right. something to me because it got X amount of clicks or comments or whatever. And that's kind of a shallow way of putting it, but I but I I think that you know you got to ask yourself what's more important the end the end or the means, and I think they're both important. Um, and I think part of it, you know, it's just a natural progression, man. You start at point A and you end at point Z, and uh, hopefully it's a rich experience with all the letters in between. And we're all in that social media, Rocky. You, me, Ira, we're all in social media. We're we're all telling our story social media you know so i hate it so i'm lumped right in there with everybody else you know but 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 i feel like maybe my intentions are different than some of those less um i, I think my intention may be different to somebody else's I, 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 and i ain't saying i'm better i ain't saying that at all i'm just saying i'm i'm in social media all the time you know what I'm saying? It, you it, have it's, to, it's a part, it's a part, a of, what, it's a part of what you do. It's a part of what you do. This day. Let me ask y'all. Let me ask y'all. Let me ask y'all a question because this subject came up to me, so I'm asking y'all a question. Um, somebody said to me yesterday, and, and a very well respected guy. I know you know him, Rocky, and I and I, I love this guy to death. I really do, and I'm not arguing with him. But but he he started talking about you know, um, putting up very nice professionally taken photos versus iPhone photos. You know, his his, uh, his statement was something along the lines that, you know, at some point, whether you're Ramsey or Ira or Rocky or whomever, at some point, because of the professionalism or, or the uh, the business involved, you really need to get away from posting simple iPhone snapshots because because uh, it doesn't look as professional as what you should want to project for your brand. And I can't dispute that. I mean, my gosh, Jake and I, people like Jake and Lee just, and Johnny, I mean, man, their pictures, trust you me, all things equal, get a whole lot more reach and engagement, engagement being more reach not just clicks and build my algorithm up, but it gets more reach to get that message out there than my iPhone photo. But to me, I'm kind of homegrown. I, you know, an iPhone photo is just something that, you know, you got the power of capturing that memory and making a message, however humbly, just with an iPhone photo. And to me, I think, I think you know, I told him, I said, well, man, you know, it helps me tell my story. I mean, what are y'all's thoughts along that line, if you get what I'm saying? Do you think it has to be one way or the other? Do you think it's a liability? Or maybe maybe taking an iPhone photo is an asset. What are y'all's thoughts on that subject? Man, that's that's interesting. So Joe Weimer, he's, we, I've talked about him on here. And, uh, you know, he's always kind of been the Nomar social media manager guy. And 
you know, it was it was kind of rogue when it was just me and and a couple guys. We we were quick and fast, and we just kind of did whatever I wanted. And, and uh, we certainly weren't always politically correct. Um, and uh, we had this conversation. When I say we, we were having a photo shoot up at my farm, and we had a bunch of different people there. And so that exact question came up: is what is more engaging, a pretty photo? with not much content or a photo that sparks uh, conversation, good, bad, or indifferent, and uh, and where do you draw the line with what's politically correct and, and a good reflection on on your business and, and what's, uh, you know, potentially confrontational and, and all that stuff. And I still say that, like, if you look at the interaction on something that's real, let's say that it's an iPhone photo, I, I think that I think that pretty photos are empty at some point, unless you're doing what some of the really good social media pages are doing, which is they got a great photo, and they're super interactive, and they're bringing up uh, good conversation along with it. Um and so kind of what I, and I'm getting at is like, you know, you might look at one page, it's kind of grassroots, right? And they make an a okay photo post and, and ask an interesting question. And the engagement is a big number, 10,000 people, okay? Or you have the most beautiful picture in the world that was bought and paid for in that community. And, and let's say the, the one community, the first community that had 10,000 people that looked at it or whatever, and let's say they had a total community that was 70,000 people. And then you got the other one that's the most beautiful picture in the world, and, and they got, you know, 500,000 people that are their followers slash whatever. And, you know, there were 5,000 people that were, were engaged in that thing. So I, I don't know that in today's world, I think I agree with you, Ramsey, for sure, that a pretty picture is good. I mean, that's great. But uh, I think a lot of times, having a pretty picture i mean people see so much of that anymore that it's got to be more than that there's got to be a story that goes along with it and yeah. i think the story's going to trump the image every time in today's world i mean if you can get people involved in what's going on then that's that's what it's about right now yeah oh, i agree i agree i agree fully with what you both said it, it a pretty picture is just that it's a pretty picture but if you accomplish your goal by the content that's in the image or video, I think that it's more engaging to people to seeing it. The, the other way thing, I feel about it, it's just raw and it's raw. It's just raw and and it, it's 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 just. Yeah, and it goes back to what it goes back to what Iris said. Got a message. It really doesn't matter that the, the, the you know. I mean, I think it's important. But at the same time, ago, I, was, I feel like to tell a story, I don't think it, you always have to be professional. I think you can be just iPhone. I mean, you know. Yeah. Raw. I mean, raw and uncut. It is. Look, five years ago, I think that it mattered. Today, I don't think that it. It's just like Iris said. There's a lot of people that can buy and and have great pictures. But is it engaging with? What you're trying to accomplish, that, that to me that yeah. matters more. The, it's the almost thing, like every it, every bio. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Go ahead. The other thing that, and it's getting just a little bit away from the topic we were talking about, but I think it's still relative. Is that you know a good picture is a good picture, and something that that uh, is engaging for our community is something worth doing. So one thing I struggle with a little bit is. If I've got a good, and I mean, it's the politics of it, right? So, like, in today's world, you're always going to have, in our industry, you know, things that, that click along good and line up good as far as brand relations, and then things that aren't necessarily, you know, maybe a great image, but it doesn't contain, and I'm putting this in air quotes here, part of, of your current team, okay? So, like, if you have a wonderful photo and but it has brand x's decoys in there 
and brand A is kind of part of your team, does that mean that you shouldn't post that photo? My answer is hell no. You do what's best for, you know, your brand and your story and all that stuff. And if it if it ruffles some feathers, that's okay. Um, I don't want to alienate anybody, regardless of what brand they use. I want them to be part of my community. And when I say my community, I'm talking about the Momars community. And, um, you know, I'm not by any means the best social media person, for God's sakes. I'm an old guy, and someone told me to put a link in my bio. I, I was like, I don't even know what in the world my bio is. But um, but I guess, you know, I don't I don't like it when when uh, the politics kind of get in the way of what my story should be. I don't know if you guys have to deal with that at all, but I do some, and I don't like it. Uh, no, I, I don't. That 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 get that's where stuff starts getting complicated, and I, I don't like it at all. It makes me uncomfortable. It may it makes I, I me. I just think that it takes away from the bigger picture. I agree. You know, it it it. it uh, boy, I tell you what, getting into that brand stuff, it does get political. And and I'm 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 an equal opportunity uh, kind of guy. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm I'm uh, I don't care what camo you wear, who's what or what gun you shoot or what ammo you use. I mean, you know, I'm 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 just a duck hunter, and I accept you as whatever brand duck hunter you are too. And and but I know that when I start posting, sometimes it does get complicated, and and I don't like that. I'd rather just post. Talking about those right. iPhone photos, what I was going to say is, you know, it's all about speaking people's language. Okay, that, that, now, if, and like if you tell me one person you know. To include your great grandmother now, that hadn't got an iPhone or a, or a smartphone slap full of snapshot photos. That's that's the language we all speak in now. That that to me goes back to why I feel comfortable taking telling a story with snapshots, even on my you know my professional page, my personal page, text messages. It doesn't matter. It's the language we all speak now. But where it starts getting complicated, especially as you step off uh, with industry affiliations, is, is when you're made to feel you have to be guarded about what you post and stuff like that. That that kind of bothers me too. You know what I'm saying? I I think that's what mm -hmm. I'm you to say. Yeah. Well, you're you're you know like you know back in the day, hey, it was just me. I, you know, if I I didn't want to offend anybody, but I was gonna say what I thought, and if someone didn't like it, then I guess that was just up to them. But um, you know. Momars didn't have any enemy, any enemies because we were our own deal. You know what I mean? We weren't really in competition with anyone um, for the most part because you know we just were a, a, a new uh, a new category to the market. But uh, heck, I wanted every decoy brand and every camo brand and all that stuff to be you know feel like they could use our products and not have a conflict. Um, and so it just, you know, I don't like the, hey, you know, you need to be mindful of this camp and that camp and not mention these guys and all. And I, I mean, the reason I guess I brought it up is because I struggle with it a little bit now. I'm like, okay, well, I went on this hunt with these guys and, man, I, I really probably shouldn't say, you know, tag them in this post and just the pure politics of it is is something that bothers me some. If I, if I Pure politics under, if, of yeah. industry. Yeah. I've, I've talked about this before, too. Is we've talked about, you know, uh, product alignment, brand alignment, things of that nature. Like you talk about when you start doing film projects or doing things, you know, it becomes important. But but at the same time, I've, I've not entered into any formal with anybody for that very reason. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't, yeah. don't want yeah. to be nailed down. I mean, I, I wear what I wear. I've always worn what I wear because it works for me in that situation, and I like it, and I shoot what I shoot because that's the best option I've got right now, and and uh, because I believe in it, and 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 so you know, as you start making, for me, Ramsey Russell to start making alliances or whatever you want to call that uh, with somebody, it's almost it gets real complicated in a way that I don't it makes me uncomfortable. It just makes me uncomfortable. Unless I really, truly, I mean, and live up. You know what? If I really, truly, absolutely believe in something because it worked for me and it changes my life or makes me a better hunter, 
you ain't got to pay me. I'm, I'm going to talk about it and, and live it anyway cause that, cause, because it, it makes my game better. So I, you see what I'm saying? I don't, I don't need, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't need to sign a contract. I, I, it makes my game better, so I'm going to use it. And um, because, but I don't want to be, I don't want to disenfranchise anybody that doesn't use that. Because I, you know, right. what works for me may not work for you or him or him or him or y'all's situation or y'all's hunting style. We start talking camo patterns. Camo pattern be an obvious example of that, man. I mean, there's camo patterns out there that you lay out lay a jacket on that barley stubble and it absolutely positively disappears from five feet away, let alone a hundred yards. Go put that thing in a boreal forest or down in down in the, the Matera grass down in Argentina or in the willows and and, and, and Willowbrake sticks out like a sore thumb. So who am I to say, you know, that, that what works for me doesn't work for you? I mean some saying it just gets complicated and it and it doesn't have to be complicated. Too much of hunting in the industry and, and the way we as individuals, we as we as companies, are now trying to communicate ourselves is really uh, unnecessarily complicated. Well, we're in agreement. Neither one of us like it. So, uh, yeah, we'll see where we'll see where it goes. Uh, but but I agree with you, man. Let me ask. We'll end with this question. This is this is the last one. How do you trust? What comes out of somebody's mouth that is paid? It goes from company to company. Man, mm. I think well, I think I'm I'm, I'm I'm initially uh, we all know. Yeah, I mean, come on, we're we're uh, especially, and I think uh, somebody was saying this just the other day on a podcast, and and, and I'm just dealing a time warp, you know, like a gumbo pot, you know, of, of ingredients, but. But uh, today's consumer, we've been advertised to for so long and so much and so intensely from, from, from the cradle to now, we're kind of smart. You know, we know when we're being sold to, and, and we're protected against that. And, you know, and that, that goes back, I've said this a million times, you know, as recently as last week talking to somebody, I, I don't, I don't. I feel like, right or wrong, I feel like that the reason Ira or anybody else would come to me to go on this particular hunt is because they trust me. Because because my, I've got a credible, unbiased, you know, informed opinion, whatever, perspective about why this hunt is, is what it is versus any other hunt. And I feel like the, I feel like the minute somebody can say, well, he only wears that or he only shoots that or he only does that because they pay him, all better off. Now I'm one of them. That, that's how I feel about it. Yeah, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that most of the people that do end up siding with company A or B or C or whatever uh, are doing so with with good intentions and truly believe that that uh, the product and the uh, company that they're endorsing or, or making a good product and giving people a fair value and all that stuff, you know, just because I say I love sick LSA, that doesn't mean that Drake or Bandit or anybody else shouldn't have people that believe in their product and purchase their product and buy their product and use it and have a good experience, you know what I mean? So um, I'm hopeful that... Uh, the people that do go from one product to another are doing so for good reason and uh, doing so with, you know, the full intent and belief that that uh, it's not just the money, it's the fact that they're doing things differently, whether that's cheaper or better or uh, whatever their value proposition may be. Um, you know, hopefully that's uh, more important than just what the paycheck is. Right. Right. That's right. Well, guys, I appreciate it. It's been a really, really good podcast. But next week, we are 100% dedicated to the story, Ira. I promise. God, I don't even remember where we left off. 
This is your story, man. This is Irish story. Are you kidding, man? Irish had so much informed perspective. This is his story, man. I think it is Irish. Hey, uh, next on the next one, then we'll we'll uh, I'll ship you guys each a bottle of Evan Williams, and we'll we'll do a couple shots before we start. Then we'll really kick things into turbo. Good Lord, I'll, I'll hey Ramsey, we need to we need to send Rocky that picture of me laying on my back in Argentina when that chair broke. Oh my, my wine glass gosh. still upright to be on the front of that deal. <laughs> I, I had for, I had forgotten all about that somehow, and the other day I was digging through my pictures looking for one, and I ran across that picture, and I literally bust out laughing. And somebody said, "What is it?" I said, I, and I showed him. I I had forgotten completely about it, but just seeing it all those those weeks or months later, I bust out laughing. I Somehow I forgot uh, all about that. I'm telling you, my you can't take this guy nowhere. Three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> it was time uh, for that trip to end, for God's sake. Oh my God! Let's do it again. All right. <laughs> I'll go back and review the the two podcasts ago where we left it off. We'll 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 start <laughs> back right. over from there. But God, thank y'all again. We want to thank all of you that listened to this edition of the End of the Line podcast, powered by DuckSouth.com. <laughs>